This podcast is intended for an adult audience. Please be aware that some of the content discussed may be triggering. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Reach Out, the podcast, where we are dedicated to ending sexual violence through advocacy, counseling, education, and more. This is the official podcast of Reach Counseling, located in Northeast Wisconsin. You will learn more about the services we provide and hear from members of our team, sexual assault survivors, and the people who support them. We are so glad you're joining us today and would love to connect with you further. You can find out more about us by going to reachcounseling.com. The interview portion of this episode was recorded in May of 2023. Please keep this in mind when dates and timelines are referenced. This week's episode features an interview with Heidi Paisler, adolescent and adult therapist at Reach Counseling. Heidi talks about how she knew from a young age what she wanted to be when she grew up. She also shares how she creates a safe space for her clients, specifically teenagers and young adults, to work through trauma. Here is episode 13. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me this morning. So talk to me a little bit about how you came to be at Reach, how long you've been here, what your role is. Yeah, I I guess it depends how far we want to go back, but (laughs) I was reflecting a little bit on this this morning, and um, it really started back even to high school, right? Like once I got to be able to be a junior and senior and take some elective courses that really interest me, I took a psychology course and was kind of my mind was open so much the idea of like learning about people learning about psychopharmacology and different things like that neuroscience and I knew when I was going to go to college that I wanted to continue to explore that so um, that's where an undergrad I just dove into psychology and all the different things around it like sociology um, again like neuroscience and stuff like that so um had my undergrad in psychology and sociology and had one counseling class in undergrad that really showed me what it was like to sit with a person, connect with them, and create a space that allowed them to like better understand themselves and feel heard. Mm-hmm. So I was I went to grad school, um, graduated with my master's and was hired out of my internship and worked in private practice for a while. Started with a wide variety of clients with different needs to try and figure out, you know, as a new therapist, what my niche was. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it took a little bit of time. I worked with kids after that. I loved working with children and teenagers. And that's where I started to slowly find that, okay, this teenage population, I connect really well with teenagers. For some reason, like the sometimes the universe just kind of shows you like the people you're supposed to connect with and, and where you do best. And mm-hmm. so um, I really started to find that teenagers was a really big population passion of mine. And one day, I my partner and I moved to Nina and I kept driving past this little yellow house, <laughs> <laughs> what I called this little yellow house. And I'm like, what is that place? Um, and I looked it up and it was reached and I read about their mission and vision and the kind of work that they do here. And it was really quickly that I just, it it felt right. So I applied and I was really excited and passionate about the work that we were doing here. And, you know, kind of the rest is history. I 
you know, accepted a position back in 2019. And I have been so, so grateful to be able to be here ever since then. So you mentioned, I want to back up a little bit. Please. You mentioned that in high school, you started getting an interest in this kind of things that led to this kind of work. Yeah. And I feel like most high school students don't really even know about this career path or like yeah. think about it. They just know maybe they're a school counselor and they're like, oh, like, yeah. want to talk about feelings. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So what was it? Was there like a teacher or a class that like kind of ignited that, yeah. that trail for you or just an interest in general? Sure. So, like I said, I had that psychology class, and I remember my my teacher was exciting mm. and excited, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the way that he shared about psychology was just with so much passion, and I've always been, even, like, thinking back to my childhood, I've always been a kid with a lot of feelings, mm-hmm. really comfortable in my feelings, you know, a little dramatic, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Um, so I was always really comfortable there, and I had this really – huge fascination which is understanding people mm-hmm. right and in that class it was just the very tip of the iceberg to the kind of work I do now but I think it was you know the teacher's passion it ignited something in me with just so much curiosity about people and the way that we work and operate and just really enjoying that like one-on-one time or just enjoying the idea of better understanding people as a whole um, and understanding why people do the things they do, which is where kind of sociology came in and understanding like larger groups of people in the way that we operate. Uh, so I, I think it was just back then I was never a kid that was afraid of their feelings. You know, I journaled. I loved to read about self-help-ish stuff even as like a teenager, That's you awesome. know. So <laughs> I remember wow. it was like chicken soup were the big mm-hmm. books at the time. And I was like chicken soup with a teenage soul or something, yeah, right? Yeah. And it was a lot of like understanding yourself even as a teenager. So um, I think that's probably where it began. That's I feel like that's so unique, like very uh, profound teenager. <laughs> I, I'm grateful. And as I reflect back, I also acknowledge too that I'm probably not in the majority in that I, I knew pretty early what I enjoyed and what I wanted to do, right? Like, so I had to kind of tailor it and take deeper dives to figure out the specifics and again, like that niche. But I was probably in the minority of my friends and the, my, you know, right. peers' experiences where I found something that interests me and then I knew what I wanted to do in college, which so many people don't, and that's fine, and that's pretty normal, right? Yeah, yeah. That's really normal. Yeah. Um, but I did, and so I, I, yeah, I just think that it was really clear to me. Yeah. And I'm grateful that I had that, and, and it makes I think me feel, you know, even more confident um, in my work. You yeah. know, I just it's wholeheartedly what I want to be doing and need to be doing. So that's amazing. So you. you said you love working with teenagers. Yes. Do you work with a lot of teenagers here at Reach, or more adults, or? Yeah. So. My, the population that I work with predominantly are teenagers and young adults. Okay. So, you know, up to like the 25 mark. Okay. Um, but I do have clients that are outside of those ranges as well. But I would say the teenage to young adult is my predominant focus. Mm-hmm. It has just been a population that I've noticed that I, I connect really well with again. And I acknowledge their struggle. There's so much transformation. There's so many challenges. You know, and especially working at Reach and how the trauma is affecting their relationships, their life, their goals, their trajectory, you know, their abilities, their resources, so many different things. And I I just really, 
I really see that struggle and that really difficult time of somebody's life as you're trying to figure out who you are as a as an adult now. Yeah. Right. So they're navigating all the normal, yes. normal quote unquote things that you navigate mm-hmm. in, you know, growing up. Right. Plus then this added trauma. Right. Which throws a wrench in processing all of those things. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So what would you say is the most difficult part about helping people navigate this? That's a really good question. I mean, it can be individual, right? Everybody has like a different challenge. But I, I think a lot of the times I see 18 plus individuals who, you know, they're not living at home anymore. And, and sometimes home life is really, really hard. Right. And there's a lot of conflict and relationships with parents are strained. Um, it's not uncommon for clients to also come from parents who have their own trauma. And so now that they're an 18, 19 plus adult, they're trying to work through the trauma of their childhood. You know, in particular, sometimes at reach it's the sexual assault or sexual abuse, but also some of the trauma that they had in their, in their family system. And so I think sometimes the hardest part can be to help them start to, um, acknowledge and accept some of the things that they went through as a kid and say like that was abuse right or this is what that actually was and sometimes just like that awakening of like holy cow I went through that I thought it was normal but it wasn't normal and I'm having to change all of my perceptions and understandings of what my childhood was amongst like you said all of these things now that they're doing to become an adult start school work try and find transportation like all of these different things so the work in of itself you know there's a lot of challenges but I think it's when I see clients like really faced with this uh, it's in their face uh, now I understand what I went through and there's a name for it now how do I navigate those relationships how do I heal from all of that stuff too Um, not just the more quote-unquote obvious trauma right Right. and so it's sometimes it's just like that discovery so I imagine you hear a lot about kind of generational trauma and things Mm -hmm. in the work that you do if Mm -hmm. you could give one piece of advice to parents about how they can help kind of break some of that generational trauma or how they can help shield their child from that or kind of pivot away from it Mm -hmm. what advice would you give them yeah that's a Really lovely question because I noticed that a lot of parents, which I totally understand, they they want their children to get the help first, right? If their child has been through something traumatic, they want to put that focus on the child so the child can heal and get the support that they need. But because of generational trauma, what I believe is the most important thing is for parents to also take time and focus for themselves, right? Right your child is in therapy and you did a wonderful thing by doing that, but also you deserve that time and attention as well. And for your inner child to heal, because if they've been through something traumatic and now they're a parent, you put all your time and effort into trying to create this life for your child that maybe you didn't have. But oftentimes what I see is a lot of parents who are still wounded, Mm -hmm. right? Who haven't been able to heal from their own traumatic, awful experiences, Um, and my piece of advice would be like, take that time, carve out an hour a week, an hour every other week 
to sit with yourself and a therapist or someone that can support you um, to help you heal because your healing ultimately is going to be the thing that significantly impacts your child's ability to heal as well. That's, That's where I really see the most growth because children look to their parents, their guardians, their people to see how they should navigate the world. Right. And if a parent is going to therapy or a parent is using healthy coping strategies or taking some breaths or stepping away when they need to or using positive and encouraging vocabulary, they're going to pick up on those things. Right. How they talk about themselves. Even children listen, you know, and yeah, I I 100 percent agree that that's where we see the, the best outcomes. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say is the highlight of the work that you do here? Like, what's the kind of win for you? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I guess as you say that, I smile because there are so many things. Mm -hmm. So I love when clients share their small successes. And a success can be like, I just like stopped thinking so negatively, or I gave myself a compliment, or I gave myself a break, or I chose to reach out when I needed support. Those small things are huge building blocks to just being a happier, healthier, have a better well-being as a person. So little successes are so exciting. Mm -hmm. When clients challenge themselves and go outside their comfort zone, incredibly exciting. But as you say that, ask that question as well, I also think about my team. Right. I think about the support that I have in my team and when we have hard days because we have hard days because the work we do is incredibly challenging and complex. uh, I'm able to go to my team and get the support that I need or, you know, just get a little encouragement or sometimes it's validation. I I think that helps all of us Mm -hmm. just be so much stronger, so much more aware of. I don't know, different ways to handle situations or like just a reminder that you're doing a really good job because our team is incredibly strong, um, but it's difficult. So I think that puts so much air under my wings, right? Mm -hmm. It keeps all of us feeling so much more competent and supported, but I get really excited also when, you know, clients, I have parents, they'll share pictures with me for prom or different things or different accomplishments. And when parents are able to give me feedback of like, hey, my kiddo had a really tough night, but they navigated it really well, or we had some successes at home, or we had a really healthy conflict, um, uh, we navigated conflict really healthy, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just in those small successes where they can acknowledge it for themselves. It's it's incredibly hopeful. And what a gift to have a team like that, too, because so many people don't have a team or coworkers like that. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I feel very, very grateful for our team. We're a really lovely balance. Mm-hmm. Um, we all have, you know, a good sense of humor because I think in this field as well, you, you have to, right. Cause yeah. we hear so many really heavy and difficult things, but we hold those spaces for clients. We can we can hold those spaces. We want to hold those spaces. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, when we step outside the work, we have to find a place of positivity and joy and humor, right? Um, but our team is in- incredibly bright. And our minds, you know, everybody's mind works a little bit differently, which is um, a-, a huge strength. Speaking of, you know, holding those spaces and then when you step away, how do you mm-hmm. how do you have self-care? Like, how do you mm-hmm. go about avoiding burnout? Yeah. Because you are holding so many of those spaces for so many people. Yeah. Sometimes it's in small moments between sessions of taking some really deep breaths and just sitting 
in it for a minute. Sometimes it means getting some fresh air and stepping outside. You know, at Nina, now we have this patio space in the back for staff and clients. You know, we sit outside and and I do that pretty often to just get some fresh air, some vitamin D, Mm -hmm. you know, coworkers will come out and it's just a space for us to be social. Um, But also to prevent burnout, you know, it's collaborating. It's seeking support from my team. Mm -hmm. It's doing things for myself, like going to the gym, Mm -hmm. working out. That's a great way for me to get energy through my body, to feel strong and feel confident, Mm -hmm. and also just have a time for just me. Mm -hmm. Um, I enjoy doing things with my partner. I enjoy reading. I have pets at home that bring me so much joy. and I just make it part of my daily practice to do something for myself that I want to do. Yeah. And maybe that's just watching a show that's mindless and silly or journaling or coloring or reading whatever, you know, yeah. whatever it is that I need that day. And sometimes it's small amounts of time. Maybe I don't have an hour to commit to myself that day. But if I'm able to take five, ten minutes and do something intentional, sometimes that is just enough. Yeah. But it has to it has to be an intentional practice. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned your partner. Is she supportive mm-hmm. of the work that you do? Do you feel like uh, your partner understands it and mm-hmm. is like a good kind mm-hmm. of reprieve for you or yeah. like helps you to kind of leave yes. work at work? The idea of it's hard to sometimes explain the work that we do, but I, I do my best to explain that to her and she understands that we her and I both have different ways that our work affects us. Mine is mental and emotional, and sometimes hers is physical and mental. But she understands if I tell her, hey, I've had a really tough day, or today was heavy, that she says, you know, go take the time you need. I'm sorry that today was so heavy, but you're here with me. You're home. You know, she'll try and encourage me to do something good for myself. But she absolutely supports the work that we do. You know, she's been a huge support in me, you know, finding this niche and and coming to reach Mm. and knows that I feel so passionate about the work that I do and encourages me all the time and reminds me sometimes on those hard days that what I'm doing is so important and I'm making a difference and I'm helping people. On the days when I feel like maybe I'm yeah. not, because as therapists, we have really good days where we feel like we're just like a gold star therapist. And other days we're like, did we make a difference? Right? right. And I think that's part of like the normal human experience. Yeah. But she is always there to remind me that, no, Heidi, you are absolutely making a difference. You know, you you help people, you make people's lives feel a little bit lighter. And that's all I could hope for. Yeah. Right. That I do that, I can help people feel that way. So I feel really grateful. It is a team, so, right? Like we, yeah. we are a team. We say that to each other all the time. Um, we both need each other for different things and we're there for each other for whatever comes our yeah. way. And whether she needs me to pitch in more or I need her to pitch in more, it's a balance, yep. right? And yep. it ebbs and flows. But yeah, we, we know, we talk about a lot that mental health matters, yep. you know, um, she's a veteran. So we talk about oh. all of those things and how it impacts our lives and you know for us our niece our nieces are really big in our life our nephews and we talk about how we want you know them to be able to talk about their feelings and make a point of feeling more in control of what's happening in their bodies and talking about the things that they struggle with so we try and not only is it part of my work it's part of our life it's a part of um 
the information and education that we want to share with the younger people that we're mm-hmm. close to, too. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I had one last question here. Mm-hmm. So you've seen Reach go through a lot of change yes. in the past few years. Yeah. Can you talk about what makes you the most excited about the change that you've seen? Yeah. Or the trajectory that you see? Right. So, yes, I have seen a lot of change. And I think more recently, um, there has been a lot of focus on our expanding, which is really exciting, um, but also in the intentionality of our work and how we do our work um, in terms of like diversity, equity, and inclusivity. So I feel really excited to see us expanding to Appleton to be able to literally extend our reach to a greater population, right? Mm -hmm. I know that I feel, because I said before, I feel so confident in the work that we do, whether it's education or prevention, advocacy, um, and therapy that, I am incredibly hopeful that with this expansion, we're able to connect with more people, more resources, um, more community resources, and just really make a bigger impact. Um, That's really, really exciting. And I know because, like I said, we're being so intentional about how we're doing that and in the connections we're making that it just just feels really exciting. And I I think it's like a, a massive community impact. You know, in the in the in those specific connections we make, yeah. If you could give one piece of advice to someone out there who's listening that has gone through sexual abuse or assault or violence in some way, and maybe they're just they're just not at a place where they've felt like they could tell someone, mm-hmm. what advice would you give them? Mm-hmm. I would say that you know that's a really great question because people are at so many different points in their healing, mm-hmm. and. I empathize greatly with people that have been through something traumatic or maybe they don't even know what to call it, right? Right. They've been through something that was terrifying and life-changing. I would say that there are people that eventually you'll be able to trust again. Mm. I talk so much about trust and I hear so many clients struggle with trust. And I'm not saying that you come into a first appointment and you trust me that doesn't happen. It takes time. Mm-hmm. But I am, I am, and I know our staff are dedicated and willing to sit with you as long as you need to build up that trust because we do care. I would say, you know, that there are people that want to help you in your healing, that can help you in your healing. Um, and healing can look different for everyone. For some people, it looks like going to therapy. For other people, it maybe means... Um, starting a meditation journey or starting with yoga, connecting with your body, finding a friend to talk to, mm-hmm. going to a support group, um, small ways and small moments sometimes. But I, I guess I would say that there, there are people that you will be able to trust again. There are people that genuinely do care about how you feel and want to be there for you, that you don't have to do it alone. And I, and I don't want you to feel like you have to be alone, right? Well, with that, thank you for being here today. And thank you. I'm sure that someone will be touched by your words, so thank you very much. Thank you, Jessica. Every 73 seconds, an American is sexually assaulted. You are not alone. Reach Counseling is here to help, and we're expanding our reach. 
Since 1976, we have offered our services throughout Winnebago County. We are pleased to now offer our services in Outagamie and Calumet counties as well. REACH Counseling is a sexual assault service provider for children and adults that offers culturally responsive outreach, prevention education, victim advocacy, trauma counseling, and sex offender treatment. As an anti-violence agency, we strive to heal lives and transform communities. Call our 24-7 helpline anytime at 920-722-8150. For more information, visit us at reachcounseling.com.